0: Good morning, everyone. If you're wondering about our in-person gatherings, then we're back we've been back in person since Easter Sunday and uh, we hope we will be able to continue to gather in person every Sunday now going forward. So check all those details out on our website. We'd love to see you in person at 9.30 on a Sunday morning. We totally understand though that there are very good reasons why for some of us that in-person gathering is not suitable just now and so we are equally committed to this online celebration at 10:45. So whether we're in person or online today, we're continuing our series called The Reset and we're thinking about the way that God helped his people in the Old Testament travel through the biggest crisis of their lives, how they coped with their lockdown when their lives were incredibly disrupted and when they began to think that maybe life would never be the same again. So many parallels with where we are now. But God helped them through. He reset them. The theme, the title of our series, he powered them back up into a glorious fruit future, and that's what we're believing for ourselves and for one another. We're at the particular stage in the journey when we're thinking about God helping us handle, deal with our feelings during a crisis. Any crisis brings all kinds of emotions, fear and panic, anger, disappointment that leads to bitterness and regret or resentment and so on. so Loads of emotions. And uh, unless you've been under a rock right now, you'll be aware that all of us are, are more highly strung, perhaps than normal. There are emotions everywhere. So how do we handle those emotions well? Well, we began thinking about that last week. You really need to catch up with last week if you've missed it in all the usual places. When we looked at the book of Lamentations... And we reminded ourselves that if we don't channel our emotions properly, they will find a route that is not proper. If we don't give them the right place to go, they will find the wrong place to go. So we need to deal with them well. And the book of Lamentations is there in the middle of the Bible to remind us that God gives us space for our lament. For these next two Sundays, we're looking together at the book of Job. Job is another one of these books that kind of stands outside of the history. It's there to make some significant points to help us journey through this Time, A bit like the book of uh, Jonah that we talked about and Ruth to a certain extent and Esther that we haven't looked at yet and others beside that kind of don't so much fit in a particular chronology, but teach principles that help us as we journey through these times of crisis and this crisis in uh, particular. So the book of Job begins with introducing Job himself, who's a person who has everything that we might dream of. He's got possessions, he's got prestige and he's got people around him, a large and loving family. Possessions, prestige and people. The very things, if you like, that all of us long for. And then suddenly, out of a clear blue sky, he loses Everything. In one day, he loses the lot, including his 10 children that are killed. It is an overwhelming tragedy that Job faces. And the question the book of Job begins to ask and to answer is how does Job respond in the face of suffering? And how should we respond in the face of our suffering? When we hear about Job, there is probably one question that comes to all of our minds. Why? Why did that happen? The Bible tells us that Job was a righteous man. He was a good guy. Why did that bad thing happen to this good guy? And we say that so often, don't we? Why did that bad thing happen to that good person? Why? But God has a different question. We might be asking why, but the book of Job is teaching us that even in the midst of suffering, there is a better question that we need to be asking. And we find that question earlier in the Bible, in the book of Deuteronomy, when it makes very clear that the primary question that God is asking is whether we love him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Do you love me? In fact, centuries later, when Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? What's the most important question? What's the the big deal? Jesus had no hesitation in saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and your neighbour as yourself. Even in the face of suffering, and that's what we're introduced to here, and I'll explain why in a moment At the book of Job, we might be asking, why has this happened? But God's asking a bigger, more transcendent question. Do you love me? What's the connection? How do those things go together? Well, the book of Job helps us to understand, I think, how these things go together. Because we are given a little bit of the backstory about what's happening. And I don't think we should draw huge conclusions about the nature of God and the nature of, of Satan. There's a lot of, a lot of anthropomorphism in these uh, chapters so that these, these beings are given kind of human characteristics. It's not altogether helpful to draw too many conclusions. But there are some key principles here that are there in the scriptures to teach us. You see, Satan is making the point to God that the reason Job loves him, loves God, is because God has given him all of these great things. That if we had possessions and prestige and people, then surely we would love God. If we had everything that was good about life, then we would love God. And that's what Satan's saying. You can't point to to Job, and Satan's saying this to God. You can't point to Job and say, look how much Job loves me, because he's only loving you because his life is full of the good things that you provide. And God says, no, Job loves me anyway. Watch and see. And then that calamity. One day out of a clear blue sky, Job lost everything. How did he respond? The Bible tells us that Job responded in love to God. We call that worship. Job wasn't put off from loving God because he'd lost everything. In fact, this is part of the secret. Job's love for God was bigger, more transcendent than everything that he had lost. And then as you go into chapter two of the book of Job, the whole cycle repeats itself. Satan says, yeah, but if you take Job's health away and uh, and his marriage fails, then then he'll stop loving you. And that's exactly what happened, that Job became sick and his wife struggled with all that was happening with them and and longed that Job would curse God, but Job wouldn't. And he goes around the cycle again, but Job continues to love, to trust, to worship, to honour God, even though everything that he had, had been taken away. It's a remarkable story. And so, who won? we can see that Job's love for God defeated Satan. It proved that Satan was wrong. Satan had said to God, do you know what, Job only loves you because of the good life. If you take away the good life, then Job will no longer love you. And God said, look, watch and see. And Satan was defeated by Job's love for God. Now, when we are full of the question why, and that builds resentment and anger and bitterness and all those things that are in so many ways so natural and normal. But if that's all we hold on to, if that's all we repeat, if that's all we rehearse in our minds and to one another, what we are demonstrating is that we love the things that we've lost more than we love God himself. Now I totally understand that that seems like a very hard word, and in so many ways it is, and please don't take this out of context of the other Sundays where we've been looking at uh, uh, this journey of suffering and how we respond to it, especially last week and next Sunday. Nevertheless, at the heart of what Job is bringing to us, is that when we suffer, it creates an opportunity to prove whether our love for God is bigger than everything else, whether we really do love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And when Job loved God like that, despite all he'd gone through, Satan Was defeated. Which means that if Job hadn't loved God with all of his heart, Satan would have, well, perhaps small w, Satan would have won. Job would have aligned himself with the enemy. So you can begin to see why it's really important, even in the face of suffering, that we seek to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength that we don't fall into the trap of aligning ourselves with the enemy and of demonstrating that actually we've loved what we've lost more than our love for God himself. Now, I know that that is a hard word, and I totally understand, both personally and professionally, the huge immense suffering that so many of us have experienced and that is common, too common in our world today. So I don't say any of this glibly or likely but I think if we're faithful to scripture we need to recognise that when we are demanding answers, when we want to know why, why has God allowed this suffering? Why has it happened? This isn't fair. Why didn't it happen to someone else? Why did it happen when when that person was so good? Or what have I done to deserve this? When we're asking our why questions, God is quietly, gently, lovingly, and we'll see this more next week, lovingly asking us a different question. Simon, do you love me with all It was as Job loved God with all of his heart that it created a posture in which Job, as we will see towards the end of the book, a posture in which Job was able to receive back God's love, even in the midst of suffering. And that's what got Job Through His love for God and God's love back for him. That relationship of love was what carried Job through this biggest crisis of his life. And that's the posture that will carry us through as well. Loving God with all of our hearts and creating that openness for us to receive God's love back. Please don't misunderstand me. This is not a word that says we need to overlook our suffering because uh, God is good and we just need to love him anyway. No, no, no. We need to create space for our lament. Our suffering is very real. Nevertheless, in the midst of that, to discover a love for God that's deeper than what we've lost will create a posture where we can receive God's love back. And that's what carries us through times of trial and crisis. That's what helps us get through times of being powered down. That's what leads us to a reset as God calls us through and onto the other side. God bless you this week.
1: We're uh, in the middle of our 10 days of prayer called Thy Kingdom Come, and we're joining millions of Christians from around the world who, for these 10 days leading up to Pentecost next week, are praying for God's kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. And one of the things that the uh, Thy Kingdom Come movement has been asking us to do since it began a few years ago is to pray for five friends to come to know God as their friend and saviour. This year it feels even more significant to be doing that after the year that we have all had. And so we're going to do that together right now in a creative way. I'm hoping you got the message about bringing either a piece of string or five different strands. I've just got some wool here as a creative way for us to pray together. If you've just got one strand, that's fine. If you've got five, that's great too. But we're going to use this as our way of praying today. And hopefully it will inspire you to pray over the next week as well. So first of all, we're going to think of our five friends. Now, these could be five people that you've been praying for for many years, or they could be new people that God has placed on your heart. And I've got a strand for each of them. So as I think of the purple one, I am praying for someone who I know at the school gate, a friend of mine there. The blue one is somebody who comes to Lego Church who doesn't know Jesus yet, and I'm praying for them. The yellow one is for my daughter Lucy, who I'm praying that she will get to know God even more this year. The red one is for Sam, his favourite colour, and I'm praying for him. And the white one is for a family member of mine who doesn't know God yet, and I'm praying for them. Why don't you stop for a moment and think, who are my five friends that I am praying for at this moment? And now I'd like you to take your piece of string, or your collection of strings, and we're going to make five knots in them as we pray together. Five knots to remind us of each five persons. So let's start and pray together. And as we're praying, let's put five different knots into our piece of string. Father God, I want to thank you that you love me and that you've been with me for this last year. I pray for my friends that I have named... And I ask that they will know your presence with them today. Some of them have faced really hard times in the last year in health or in circumstances. They might have lost friends or family members. I pray for the hard things that they are facing right now. I pray that even right now, Lord, They will know something of who you are. May they encounter your presence and your Holy Spirit this week. And Father God, I pray blessing on my friend. I pray that they will feel blessed by you, that they will remember with thankfulness the good things in their lives. But most of all, Lord, I pray that you use me this week to be a blessing to them. As I pray for them, may I bless them. As I see them, may I serve them and love them. But most of all, Lord, help me to have the courage to speak of you and to share the love that we have together with our friends help me to be bold and brave in sharing your story and your love in Jesus name I pray for my five friends and I pray they come to know you better this week and that you will use me to help them know that they are loved in Jesus name amen and now I'm going to encourage you to take your piece of um, material whatever you've done and just tie it round your wrist. You only need to leave it there for this week. But as you have that round your wrist, I'm hoping that it will lead you to pray every single day for those five friends, trusting that God will answer our prayers, trusting that God will meet our friends, and trusting God that he will use each of us to share his love with these people. So, Let's have this as a reminder to pray this week and let's share the stories of what God is up to either on our social media or do get in touch. Love to hear how your prayer for your friends is being turned into action.